Good afternoon, brothers and sisters. How are you all today? Uh, so, today is the last SGC of the year. Uh, we are actually going to have another program uh, on the last day, uh, but today is the last SGC. So a bit, a, a bit of a shout out. You can see the link above. Oh, the link above. So you can't click on it, but uh, it's very simple. Just ldw.today go 202021. Yeah. Uh, so uh, you can go online to sign up because we will be using Zoom. Uh, so good to see you all there. So today's topic, hmm. okay, let me just switch over to Facebook to make sure that everything is in order. Okay, seems to be okay, huh? No news means good news. Okay, so today's topic, the middle way, uh, a natural conclusion uh, from experiencing the extremes. Yeah, so this is the topic. Mm. Uh, and the sub-description, um, do we have to experience or understand the extremes in order for us to truly realize that the middle path is the most beneficial? If we are living in one extreme, should we place ourselves in the other? Say purposely refrain ourselves from the things we like. Yeah. So uh, we probably have to first um, take a step back and ask ourselves what it what is the middle way? Yeah, and how how is it that in in Buddhism there is this uh, teaching on the middle way? What role did it play and how did it come about? So the middle way is uh, another name for the Noble Eightfold Path. And uh, it is what the Buddha discovered for himself. Uh, and then he, he uh, practiced it yeah, and then attained enlightenment. So how did he come up, how come up with this uh, this approach? Yeah. So in a way, we can say that um, it was something he chanced upon. Yeah. Because the the middle way is with reference to the extremes of sensuality, indulgence in sensual pleasure, on one hand, and on the other hand, uh, the the uh, extreme ascetism. So, the start of the Buddha's life, he, at the start of his life, he lived in the lap of luxury and uh, enjoyment. Yeah. And this can be traced back to the time when he was just born, and the king, his father, King Suddhodana of Kapilavastu, they, he invited the sages yeah, the wise people, 
in that time to come and uh, examine uh, him to see what for what uh, uh, what is to come for this young baby and so a uh, few of them all were un were not totally certain saying that he might become uh, a world uh, a worldly king yeah a wheel turning monarch or he might become uh, uh, an awakened one but the last one uh, Atisha uh, he said no for sure this young boy uh, in due time he will become a world honored one uh, a Buddha awakened one so then um, the king was a bit concerned yeah and then the king asked like how how can that how would that happen how can that happen and uh, the the sage then told him uh, when your when the son when your son see um, the aging sickness and death yeah and then he see the ascetic he see these four sights he will then uh, uh, renounce the world yeah so with that then the the king the king basically um, put in all kinds of efforts to shield him to shield the buddha from seeing the truth about our worldly existence uh, from aging sickness and death so it is said that the king then built three palaces to shield him from the elements one for the hot season one for the wet season and one for the cold season and in the palaces he was attended to only by women uh, and beautiful young ladies yeah anyone who is sick will be uh, taken offline anyone who is uh, who shows the first sign of OH yeah uh, the first sign of frailty will be taken out so it is said that while he went through the life uh, befitting of a prince it was a very special setup yeah so much so that he never see anyone who who is old who is sick nor did he get a chance to witness death so um, then fast forward come to the point where he was coming of age and the king arranged for him to uh, get married to princess Yasodhara and after that uh, prepare for him to take over the throne and uh, Prince the Buddha when he was a lay person you know, known by Prince Siddhartha this name uh, he, he asked he asked to leave the palace to take a look at the city yeah so uh, oh, someone from one of the societies calling me how come he's calling me? Is there anything? I'm having class. So, uh, okay, never mind. Yeah. So, the 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 uh, uh the, so the, so the Buddha Prince Siddhartha, he uh, he asked to go out, and it is said that uh, according to the to the text. It describes that uh, 
he left the palace four times yeah, using the four gates facing the different directions and each time he encountered different things now the, the king made, made extra sure that uh, no one who is uh, unkempt that the whole place is clean up and also make sure that old people, sick people and dead people are not found but somehow, somehow when he went out he saw an old person, a sick person and a funeral in some of the commentaries it says that uh, this is actually the, the work of the uh, Bodhisattvas uh, some of the Devas who manifest uh, for him to see the reality of life yeah. in any case after seeing aging, sickness and death then he reflected on he, 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 he found repulsion towards the way of life yeah, because it, it struck him that how can we continue to uh, enjoy ourselves yeah, every day and night uh, if this is happening to us happening to everybody and we don't have a solution to it uh, when I first learned about this teaching back in secondary school, uh, it was quite a amazing thing, yeah. Uh, but today, when I when you think about it, we are still facing this, isn't it? Yeah, we are still facing aging, sickness, and death. And you look at a lot of the scientific discovery, we are still trying to solve aging, sickness, and death, and to some to varying degrees we have had made headways uh, but each time we seem to conquer something then something else come up <laughs> yeah uh, would there be a day where we totally eradicate OH sickness and death mm, maybe yeah I don't know uh, I uh, there are some who say no it's impossible yeah and they say that if it's possible, then the Buddhist teaching is, uh, you know, upended. Uh, I, I don't know. I don't know whether it can be possible, nor whether it's impossible. There was once uh, students at SBF. One of them asked during class. He, she said that uh, now scientists are doing decoding the genome, human genome. That was some ten years back and uh, they, they may find out the secret yeah, the, 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 the mechanism on how our body works you know, aging process and so on so I told, I told her, I said maybe, maybe one day we'll discover that and if we do, then we need Buddhism even more <laughs> because we'll be hanging around for a long time <laughs> yeah so anyway, uh, so this this parts this forms part of the the uh, the background to the today's topic. Because then uh, the Buddha set off after after that he went out the fourth time and he saw an ascetic and it gave him a uh, an inkling, uh, a, a clue as to what he can perhaps do about it. Yeah, seeing that there are others who are seeking the truth. So he decided to leave the palace and then try to find the, the truth, uh, the solution to our suffering. 
So um, he he then learned under two teachers, right? Alara and Udaka, uh, who taught who taught him the formless states of meditation. But in the end, he he found that these very sublime states of meditation, the formless meditation, only results in more rebirth. Yeah, that is not free from aging, sickness, and death. That you are still stuck in this cycle of birth and death. So he decided to put it aside, um, even though he has mastered the the practice, the the meditative states. And then he joined this group of ascetics to practice extreme ascetism. Yeah. And by extreme ascetism, it means various forms of self mortification. Uh, the the basis behind is very interesting uh, in that they believe that whatever we experience can be um, traced back to a certain um, in a way they, they have a certain uh, belief or understanding of karma but their understanding is incomplete so they, their view is that Whatever we experience is due to uh, some source of karma, yeah. So it can be wholesome or unwholesome, or maybe we can say positive or negative. So positive one will produce pleasure, and then negative one will produce pain. And the the way they they understand it is that um, if you can. Uh, if you experience pain, you will use up the negative karma and if you completely use it up, then there is no more pain to be experienced then only pleasure is left huh? interesting idea uh, so it's like the, 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 in the sutra, in one of the sutra, the Buddha asked those who are practicing after he attained enlightenment and they describe it like a ball of thread, a ball of yan yeah? where you hold on to one end and you throw it out and if you unroll it over time at some point it will reach the end and you will stop rolling because there's no, no, no more ball of thread to roll so the idea is very simple, very straightforward you just keep experiencing pain and then uh, they believe that they have this view that you will reach the end of the pain this way so Conceptually, it seems to make sense, yeah, but it hinges on one crucial premise, which is that uh, number one, or rather a few premises. Number one, uh, whatever we experience is directly due to some past karma. That this is predicate on that. Number two is that um, we can uh, effect the ripening of negative karma by inducing pain yeah so a few of these points together a, a few of these is, is a very are very important basis but at that point in time the ascetics uh, have this belief and so they practice in this way but the Buddha try and try and push it to the furthest possible and still no end in sight. Uh, so much so that after six years, he was at the brink of collapse. Yeah. So one day when he, he went to the Uruvela River, 
to wash himself, he collapsed, he literally collapsed and almost drowned in the water. And in that moment, as he recovered, he overheard the boatman, right? The, not the boatman, the, the father and son yeah, on the boat passing by. And he overheard the conversation of the father relating how uh, the, the string instrument is to be tuned. That if the string is too loose and you pluck it, there's no sound. Just like guitar yeah, or any string instrument. But if it's too tight and you string it uh, and you pluck it, it might snap. So it must be perfectly tuned, not too loose, not too tight. Uh, this is something that even until today, if you learn guitar, you learn harp or the Chinese gu qing, yeah, or qing, uh, or for that matter, uh, banjo, any of the string instrument, it's the same thing. Yeah. Uh, in fact, even piano, because piano actually consists of strings inside yeah violin other than percussion the rest percussion and wind instrument then the rest are all the uh, string instruments right so any string instruments instruments are similar in that sense because if you if it's too loose the sound there's virtually no sound if it's too tight then it, it will snap yeah and yet all these thousands of years countless individuals have heard this this concept right of tuning and now we even have devices to tune to the chords yeah to tune to the different tones yeah c d e f g h uh, c d e f g and then uh, and then a b is it <laughs> yeah uh, but yet uh, few people as a result then draw the conclusion of this teaching of middle way. Yeah, so the Buddha is very special. And we in Buddhist tradition we say that it is because of his past uh, parami or paramita, the perfections that he has practices to uh, the qualities he has practiced to the perfection. So as a result, when he heard that it rekindled his uh, wisdom, it rekindled his uh, his uh, this awareness and he thought huh, isn't that similar to what uh, I have experienced before yeah, the Buddha the, the Buddha to be taught at that point in time he was known as Gos uh, ascetic Gotama and so the, the to be Buddha ascetic Gotama uh, he reflected on his own life uh, of how before that when he was young his life was uh, filled with entertainment, pleasures, indulgences. And that is akin to the string being very loose. And so it doesn't produce any spiritual fruit. And then now, uh, he practiced extreme asceticism for six years. And that would be akin to the string being too tight. And as a result, he almost died. Yeah, similar to the string snapping and so he thought ah, perhaps then similar to the string instrument there could be a middle way where I avoid the extremes that um, instead of starving myself and subjecting myself to physical pain which didn't work only bring more pain 
um, I should um, eat suitably I should have enough rest so that the body is uh, well supported but not to the extreme the other extreme of indulgences and as a result the mind can also be calm and quiet and which is then what he did yeah avoiding the extremes he walked he tried out the middle way and later on he oh, he attained enlightenment as a result yeah he was able to calm his bodily and mental faculties for them to be suitably stable and in that stable state he was able to observe his present life and his past life and that of many countless individuals yeah and from there he observed the cyclical pattern yeah uh, of what is to be known as the paticca samuppada the 12 links of dependent origination and with that then he see the 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 truth yeah of suffering yeah what exactly uh that how how and what is it that we suffer over mm. how is it that this suffering come about yeah the second truth the origin of our suffering and then last thirdly the the truth of the end of suffering yeah what is real end of suffering not temporary not partial and then the way which is what he tried the middle way and so the middle way also describes the noble eightfold path yeah, so th the title itself has this context so then uh, this today's topic is very interesting yeah um, because then does it mean that we have to go through what the Buddha went through <laughs> yeah to indulge a lot then torture ourselves then okay then we walk the middle way uh, the simple answer is no we don't have to uh. in a way what the Buddha went through is like the research yeah, he already went through R&D so we just have to take the vaccine <laughs> yeah it's like now we have the we have the COVID-19 right and now they are working on the vaccine and they have produced uh, different companies different countries have produced a vaccine we just have to inject ourselves with the vaccine we don't have to do we don't everybody we don't have to get everybody to do the research yeah we just have enough people who are good brilliant enough to do the research and we just use the antidote yeah the vaccine itself uh, so similarly when it comes to the spiritual path the buddha has done the research already yeah uh, he has tried what works and what doesn't work and so the buddhist teaching the buddhist so-called religion uh, a huge part of it is describing this vaccine yeah the, a huge part of it is describing the dosage yeah and also describing the illness itself in this case the illness of suffering yeah which has the cause and the cause is the virus of defilements yeah the in the various buddhist teaching the buddha described uh, our state and our relation with the Buddha that the Buddha is that is like a doctor a, a good doctor and he diagnoses our illnesses yeah? unenlightened sentient beings are like patients who have illnesses and the Buddha um, 
knowing the diagnosis yeah prescribes the to us the treatment yeah uh, and the treatment com consists of the noble eightfold path the the sangha is the is like the nurse who are full-time staff <laughs> yeah who can uh, who is also some of us are on medication some of us have recovered but we are all uh, full-time uh, on the prescription path so we help to administer this prescription to to guide people oh you are taking the medicine wrongly you should take it this way uh, you must do this you must do that uh, so it's very interesting because Buddhism, in a nutshell, that is what it is. Yeah. Uh, so in that sense, it doesn't matter what religion you profess to be uh, because there's no one whom I know of who say they, they want suffering. Everybody wants to be free of suffering. The good news is we don't have to go and do the research. <laughs> yeah. But we must test it out to be fully convinced and to be attain to attain enlightenment. Yeah, uh, that is part of the prescription. Yeah, you must you must uh, investigate the truth that was discovered so that you can experience and realize it yourself. Mm. And part of the process is changing ourselves. So, um, so we don't have to go and try all the extremes. But don't take my word for it. <laughs> uh, well, if you want to take my word for it, it's okay. <laughs> yeah. But because at the end of the day, if I say that you don't have to try, will you believe? Will you take it? Maybe you are convinced, maybe you are not. And if you are not convinced, you are still going to go and try. Yeah. Uh, but in the Buddhist tradition, we say um, the, there's no need to go and go through the extreme, then you, you can take the middle way. Uh, but we don't stop people from trying also. Uh. It's just that you will just go one big round. Yeah, you'll just go one big round. Um, so. Let me see. Uh, is there any questions that people have? Okay, today everybody is quite quite happy with it. No questions. Hmm. Yeah. Uh, yeah. As a if you are watching this, the fact that you are watching this is a is a great blessing. Uh, in in the sense that. It means that you have access to internet. <laughs> of course, in many countries, you know, access to internet is a give, almost like a given. Uh, but I'm not talking about censorship. I'm talking about the fact that um, there are many individuals who don't have in access to electricity. Yeah. So as a result, they, you know, not to mention Facebook, they don't even have internet. You know. Yeah. Uh, so if you have access to this video then you also have access to many other teachings yeah, that is given by various venerables in the whole world uh, so do we have to go and uh, indulge in extreme sensual pleasure first what do you all think <laughs> 
you know not. <laughs> uh, in my opinion, you don't need to. Uh, yeah, I don't think that's necessary. Yeah, it's like there, there, there are certain things we don't have to go and try it out. Yeah. Uh, before we say, before we can appreciate the other side, like, do you need to contract to have cancer before you you appreciate good health? Yeah. I don't think you need that. <laughs> yeah. Like now there's COVID-19. Does it mean that you must go and get yourself infected? Then you take the vaccine? Uh, or you get infected? Then you can appreciate that life is precious? Maybe for some people you need to. But I hope you don't need to. Yeah. Uh, the Buddha said that there are different kind of people in this world uh, just like there are different kind of uh, horses in this world there's one kind of horse there are different kind of thoroughbred horse so the first type is uh, those who when the thoroughbred horse um, I think see, see the shadow of the owner then immediately he will be alert the second type are those who need to um, have the owner crack the whip you know across the surface not hitting it but just the crack the air that means snap at the air then he will be alert then the third type are those who uh, you need to hit the skin then he'll be alert and the fourth type are those who you need to hit until you reach the bone then you'll be alert so the Buddha used this to describe four different kinds of individuals. There are those who they see um, strangers, yeah, uh, grow old, fall sick, and die, and then they are alert. Oh, someone grow old, someone someone is old, I might become old. Someone fall sick, I might become sick. Someone uh, pass away, yeah, can be anyone. Then they immediately arouse in them urgency to practice. Yeah, this is the first type. Yeah, just seeing the shadow. Second type, uh, it must be someone who is uh, someone who is uh, the I think uh, family member. Yeah, then he, they will arouse the urgency. Then beyond that, it must be seeing the person directly. And the last one is they themselves must experience it then they can arouse yeah uh, so which type are you? <laughs> yeah do you need to wait until you yourself grow old then you say oh I need to practice maybe a bit late uh, still better than nothing yeah um, do you need to fall sick then you say oh I want to practice do you need to be on the deathbed then you say I want to practice uh, yeah, let's hope that we don't be we don't be like that. Yeah. There's enough of of this happening in the world for us to be awakened to it. Mm. Huh? Today is the twenty seventh, four more days to the end of the year. Um, yeah, it's a good time to 
um, to reflect on our year uh, to 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 do what we what what else we can do for the year mm. I think this uh, the world needs a lot of a lot of uh, wholesome thoughts a lot of uh, wholesome actions a lot of kindness and compassion uh, there are a lot of people who are struggling who are suffering not just who, those who are sick but also many others who are who has trouble with their livelihood because of the pandemic yeah and meanwhile while all this is happening in some parts of the world there are still uh, armed conflicts yeah so I like to extend this uh, moment in dedication to uh, those who are suffering in the world yeah that may they find strength courage and also to receive suitable aid uh, for them to uh, go past this period of time and even more importantly perhaps is that um, may the very conditions leading to their suffering be removed altogether uh, I was reflecting with some students recently that I haven't come across any text that mention of one year one month or even just one day there's never I've never seen any text that says on this day uh, there was no human who passed away on this day there was no one who fall sick on this very day um, no one suffered physical harm or pain you know yeah that on this day nobody suffered not even one day no yeah I was sharing with some students uh, and it and then it dawned on me that yeah I haven't maybe I didn't read enough okay yeah but the interesting thing is that yeah there's there's no historical record ever throughout our known history that some king, kingdom write down and say oh on this day there's no killing involved anywhere in the corner of the world there's no suffering, no pain, no disease. Everybody somehow that day was healthy. Yeah. So our human history has been wrought with uh, almost persistent suffering. <laughs> Whether it's physical, mental, emotional or uh, internal or external. Yeah. Between by ourselves or between people or groups of people nations somehow we are not able to do that yeah so yeah with this uh, last session of SGC I'd like to invite everyone who is watching this to just spend a moment um, to direct our thoughts and uh, towards the even if it's just for one day huh? even if it's just for one day let's try to achieve that first because every time we talk about world peace 
if we cannot even do it for one day how to have work how, I mean world peace is <laughs> you know it's, it's just a part dream you know so let's work towards just having one day where the whole world is free of conflict where everybody is healthy safe and free of harm free of fear free of danger and if I dare say so not just human beings but animals as well sentient beings anyone that is sentient that may they be free from harm free from danger be not separated from safety yeah, and their loved ones mm. Yen